Hey, y'all. Before we officially begin the podcast, I wanted to send a shout out to Trisha. Trisha, you will forever be our very first Patreon patron. Thank you so much for your support of the podcast and for helping us keep up our love of all things Project Runway as a patron. Um, to all of you lovely listeners out there, if you would like to become a Patreon supporter of our podcast, you can head to patreon.com forward slash the workroom podcast. And the link is also in the show notes. Thanks, Trisha. All right, now let's get to it. Oh, hi, guys. So the designers for our new fashion competition design show are staying right here in this New York hotel. The designers are from around the world and they've only just arrived. They have no idea that Heidi and I are here. Idea, and we're gonna surprise them right now. It's an ambush. Nobody does it like. Hello, all you lovely listeners. Welcome back into the workroom, a labor of love dedicated to Project Runway. And now, growing in allegiance to the new juggernaut that is. Making the Cut, a.k.a. the rival house built by mother Heidi Klum, father Tim Gunn, and their wayward, out-of-touch billionaire uncle, Jeff Bezos, over there at Amazon. <laughs> I am Ernest. And I'm Patricia. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, never fear, you listeners. Thank you so much for coming at us on, on uh, social mediums and in our Gmail. We're definitely going to dive in this here show called Making the Cut. So before we get started, I'd like to remind everyone that um, we can find us on facebook.com forward slash the workroom or on Instagram at the workroom podcast where you can send in your comments and we'll keep talking about the show out there. And you can also send us your your comments and questions and gossip over to us on Gmail. So in the workroom at gmail.com and, you know, just just acknowledging where we all are. So Patrice and I are recording from the hot zone that is New York City. And we, we are really hoping that you all are doing okay. Um, and just want to kind of sort of acknowledge that we're all going through something right now. Um, but we hope you and your loved ones are, are doing okay as well. Um, I mean, I have to say that I am more grateful now for the timing of the show because it kind of felt like it was right right up against the end of Project Runway and you know it's like oh Project Runway ends and then this show starts immediately and I was like oh no we're not really gonna get that much of a break but um shout out to my friend Amali Abrams on Instagram who wrote in about how this is like the healing moment that we or some a, a healing thing that we need in this moment um and just kind of how wonderful the show is and also how Project Runway has been a really great distraction as um, our worlds have been turned upside down because of the pandemic that we're going through um, and all the things that kind of go on around that um, in our own personal lives and, and dealing with health and, um, and loved ones. Um, and I also, I just didn't realize just how, how satisfying it was to see Tim and Heidi's face again. So yes. um, I have to say, because this is a brand new show with our with very familiar faces um i wanted to approach this show uh or i would say this episode a little bit differently um where we're just kind of like <laughs> you know this so the work making the cut we're all we're all experiencing this brand new phenomenon together um you know as we are all kind of together apart in some way um and we you know it's this 
uh, culmination of the split of, I would say, the most beloved aspect of Project Runway for a lot of us. And um, and now we get to see the new uh, creation. <laughs> and none of us are experts because I was telling Patricia off podcast. I'm like, we're so at least for me, I'm no, none of us are making the cut historians. So we're all absorbing <laughs> this thing together for the first time. And um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just figured uh, we're, we're going to talk about both episodes because that's another thing that was just amazing. They dropped two episodes at once. So we got an intro and then uh, one that's kind of like a little bit more baked in a kind of a bit, but we're not going to do our usual deep, deep dive. We're going to you know, frolic through this new land of Heidi and Tim's making. <laughs> so, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> you know, like, and just kind of like going amongst the flowers, we're like, what is this? What is that? And like, you know, take some time and you know, look at how pretty it is and just not, you know, not do too much. We're not going to tear it from the roots. We're not going to dig around and try to figure out what species it is. We're just like, oh, that's a pretty flower. And then we're, you know, just move on through. Um, okay. So, um I, yeah let's let's get started with this so uh, I, so Patricia and I are both working off of a list that I made up um with Patricia's help on how to look at this show because it's it is different it is Heidi Tim and Heidi let's let's start with that because that's the most familiar thing we have the duo of Tim Gunn and Heidi Klum um and let's start with episode one our our pilot and the title of the episode is Tim and Heidi are back. And I feel like they are at, okay, we have at least Heidi who is at peak Heidi and Tim who is giving me nervous, giving me like, oh my God, the stakes are so high. We're finally here. But um, yeah, like what, what, I mean, Patricia, let's talk about that. Like, what's it like to see Tim and Heidi again after all these years? <laughs> after all these years. I thought, um, yeah, I thought Tim was also nervous and kind of maybe more awkward than I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not a bad thing. You know, there's this. Okay, so I have to say it just felt a little more forced, which kind mm. of surprised me. Yeah. Um, but it could just be exactly what you said. Nerves, high stakes and new environment, new team, you know, but in, in some moments of the show, they have their usual really, really fun, friendly, kind of solid chemistry. Mm-hmm. But then also it seems really stayed. Like there were some points where I was like, wow, Tim is clearly, they're like, Tim, can you say this? And he's like, "Um, okay, yes, sure. I'll do my best. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I, I'm not an announcer, but I'll do my best. It's, it's our show. Yeah. Because you know? <laughs> I mean, and, and just to describe the beginning of the show, but they're on, it's a rainy day somewhere. It looks like Soho. It could also be NoHo, but it looks like Soho in Manhattan and they're running towards one another wearing umbrellas. I mean, not wearing umbrellas, in, with umbrellas, like, you know, these really cool umbrella thingies that are gray on television, very graphic, black and white, la la la, very chic. And, and matching, matching umbrellas. Yeah, matching umbrellas as, you know, as, as if they're just, you know, happening to come across one another. But um, they're meeting at this hotel in Manhattan where they're housing this new crop of designers. And there are 12. There are 12 of them. And um, I would say, you know, it's it, it starts off with this this dynamic duo, mostly Heidi carrying the dynamics here. And um, I would say, you know, they're walking down a little runway of a sorts to the hotel because they're going to, as Tim put it, 
ambush these designers. And I'm like, <laughs> to say like, it's an ambush. It's, it is, it's very much Heidi, like, great. So the thing that's familiar about this to all of us who um, love and adore Heidi's style from Project Runway is that the status is back. Like she is, <laughs> she is into the torture. And I, and I was wondering, like, is that why Tim is so uncomfortable and nervous? Because Heidi is a little bit more into this whole, like, there's going to be twists everywhere. You're not going to know what's going to happen. And I love to see you all squirm. And you don't know what this is. Um, yeah, that's just sort of what I got from that first moment. And also the words that they're using, because they really do ambush these poor designers, because they're all in their own room in this looks like a boutique hotel. I don't know if you recognized it. No, no, okay, I have yeah. no idea. But you know, that also felt really staged to me, which is fine, by the way. Mm -hmm. I mean, why would they take a chance on people opening up their hotel rooms with like socks and an ugly t shirt? You know, I know. So I think it's okay for me that it's staged perfectly fine. But yeah. I just didn't see well, why do we have to try to pretend it's real? Why can't we just let's go check them out? You know, know. something like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it to me, that's the part that did not feel staged at all. Well, so I guess we can run through the names of our designers um, okay. because we first get to see Megan, Megan from Kansas City, Kansas. And she's the one who they go, you know, they kind of divide and conquer. So Heidi and Tim are running around the ninth floor of this boutique fancy hotel in Soho and with a camera crew. And so they they knock on Megan's door and she opens and it's clear that she just was not expecting anyone. Um, and oh. looked at the camera. To me, it was kind of clear. She looked at the camera and be like, uh, what's happened? Like, are we, what's going on? Oh, and hey, Tim. You know, it's like, it's this great thing of seeing Tim Gunn, but then also this camera crew. Like, are you guys coming into my room? Like, what are we doing now? And I, and, you know, I kind of got that from some people that they were really trying to get them, you know, to be surprised. But, um, you know, or is it the first person we we hit up is Martha? I think Martha is the first person. Oh, right, right. With Tim. Yes, yeah. Um, so we have Martha. Oh my gosh. I have I have my notes on where they're all they're all from. And I, you know, unfortunately, I'm some of them I mix them up with where they're from or just little little markers so I can remember who they are. But we have Martha from Richmond, Virginia. We have Esther from Berlin. Megan is from Kansas City, um, Kansas, and we have Sabato from Milan, Sander from Belgium, Renat, I hope that's right, from Israel, Johnny from LA, California, Jiwon, Jiwon from Moore, Oklahoma, we have Will from Paris, Oklahoma, and then we have Josh from Columbus, Ohio. Um, yeah, there's like Oh, also, yeah, so we, we meet other people, but we also have Troy from New York City. I think Troy is the only New Yorker in this cast of people, which is interesting. And we also have Jasmine from um, from Malaysia. I think that's everybody. Yeah. And, yeah. and Will. Did you mention Will? Yeah, Will from oh, Will. Paris. Got it. Got but it. Ohio. Paris, Ohio. Paris, Ohio. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a what I noticed from from this crop of designers is there are you know there's you know of course an, an international bunch, but there's one from the coast, so there's one from L.A., one from New York, and then the other Americans are pretty much from the inner parts of the country. Um, 
I'm not, and I was trying to suss out throughout the two episodes whether or not they're based in New York. And the only other person who might be based in New York is G1 because she went to Parsons, but um, okay. she's probably back in Oklahoma, most likely. I don't know, or maybe everywhere, but I'm not really sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so let's let's get down to what is this show? And so that takes us to um, the part where they get a formal introduction to Tim and Heidi. So after after they ambush, they go meet downstairs, um, you know, in front of the bar. We get to say hi to everyone. And we get a, um, a summary of the prizes. So here it is. They get a mentorship. We don't know the details of this mentorship, but it's a mentorship. They will also, the winner will also get to make a whole collection that's sold exclusively on Amazon.com. And then here is the whole big thing. I've already spoiled it for any of you who have already listened to the episode where I talked about the show, but the winner of this whole competition will get $1 million. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a nice chunk of change, even after tax. I know. I mean, right. It's at least 500,000. <laughs> yeah. It's at least 500,000. That's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. It's a whole lot of money. And I would say that. So when they, when they have them all around and it's just like, Tim gets to say all the boring stuff. Like you will get a mentorship. And he was like, Oh great. Oh my God. Are you going to be our mentor? And it's like, I have no details for you. And then it's, you know, you will get to make this whole collection on amazon.com. This is an unprecedented opportunity. And it's like, no, yeah. The real thing that they lose their minds over is $1 million. Cause that's, that's Heidi <laughs> and just wanting to scream this. Um, <laughs> you cracked me up. <laughs> I mean, this is what I love about having Heidi back because she is, her mouth is wide open this entire episode, at least for the last two episodes, but especially during the first episode. And she's prouncing. She's, she's at peak, peak sadist Heidi. It is incredible. I just love it so much. Um, but this is something that she, I mean, she's also excited, excited to blow their minds with the amount of money, but also, also, do we feel like, in a sense, that it also is like a, a finger in the eye of Bravo, kind of, kind of a finger, a little bit? Well, here's the thing, <laughs> I, this show, okay, I'm going to ask you a question. Yes. Can I talk about how? I'm not sure if this is the right time for me to talk about what I think, how the show differs, like one significant difference from regular Project Runway. Can I do that now? Yes, do we can, let's do that. Okay, because. I never thought, okay, so watching this show made me think about the regular Project Runway, uh, or at least the first Project Runway, very differently. Because this is, and this ties into the $1 million, um, because they're not just trying, they're not launching somebody's career anymore with this. Mm -hmm. They're literally investing in a business, and that's a significant um I think that does require more more capital than yeah. just okay we're, we're gonna you know we're gonna we're launching your career. I mean, as far as I know, and I had a, qu a question for you know Project Runway scholars like or you. Um, mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> aside from aside from Christian Siriano, has anyone really really like? And, and yes, Christian is at a level that nobody else is. But it, aside from Christian Siriano, has anyone really made? 
their business off of the show. I couldn't think of anyone. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying it was really difficult for that show to achieve what this one seems to be starting out doing, which is everybody's already established somewhat. Every, most people have shown at Fashion Week already or something right. similar. Yeah. Well, something similar, but they're, you know, in the make, you know. And so this show, it seems to be promoting something else, which is more business oriented in addition to being about fashion. So in a way, the $1 million, which is really 500,000, hey, a nice mm -hmm. chunk of change. So I would not. Yeah, I'm not sneering at that. But what I mean is that is a very different mindset and a very different, it's a very different process than what yeah. we're used to seeing with Project Runway. Yeah. And I'm kind of excited about it because, because it's really about a larger vision than just your clothes. Yes. I'm so glad that you brought that up because it's, there's something, you know, to kind of put on my Project Runway historian cap. I will say um, Michael Costello is the other person that comes to mind. And if you oh, guys okay. will remember also from the same season, but he's someone who is has flown under the radar um, because he hasn't become as viral, I would say, as Christian Siriano, deals with a lot of high-end celebrities and has been doing that for a very long time. So, um, okay. so well, since the show, just, I would say it's, it's first it's Siriano and then it's Michael Costello. Um, okay. Listeners, if you have anyone else who, who comes to mind, please, please let us know. Yeah, um, let us know. Yeah. And so because Tim, I was thinking also a lot about the first iteration of, of Project Runway and Bravo and also the very first episode, because there is a phrase that they used to use in the in the pilot or I would say in, in the inaugural season of Project Runway is that they were looking for the next great American designer. And mm -hmm. Tim starts off um you know, the announcement of the prizes or what they're actually going to get from this is they are looking for the next big global brand. And so that to me stuck out because it's, it, it is sort of a call to what you're talking about, like how it's different from Project Runway, because then we, you know, we, as we kind of progress to this episode, we're getting to know a lot of these designers and yeah, um, G1 has shown at New York Fashion Week twice and London Fashion Week. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And in my notes, I was like, has she shown in Paris too? Like what's happening? And, and, and all these people were selected um, by Tim and Heidi and their producers. Of course they were, mm -hmm. uh, I don't think there was a, a call to apply for this. I think that they went out and actually surveyed and did their research and then um, recruited these people to be on the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. This show actually is going to be about, um, you just said it, branding. And mm -hmm. in the past, both kind of offline, even before you and I talked about it, I've, I'm, okay, since 2004, mm -hmm. since 2004, um, people, and by the way, in 2004, in 2005, I was 20, just to give you an idea. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things that constantly just grinds my ears and makes me want to put pins in my eyes is hearing people talk about themselves as that's my brand. Like if I hear a person talking about their art or their, their writing, anything, that's my brand. I kind of just go, Oh my God, please. Because what I, what I really think they mean is these are my values. Mm -hmm. um, because when we talk about branding, that's a very different thing. And just to keep it to the, sh there's a reason why I'm saying this now we had um, 
the judges and especially, well, Nina and Brandon Maxwell talked to Victoria, um, the, the past season's contestant about having logos. And it's like, yeah, you want to put logos, but it takes a long time for people to want one of your bags so badly they're willing to live with your logo mm -hmm. because that's very much entirely about branding. Right. That is, that's what branding is. It's completely devoid of anything but recognition. It's mm -hmm. all about recognition and status recognition and kind of aligning oneself with a particular uh, brand, but also a particular set of um, ideas. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this, so for me, like anytime I heard people talk about that's my brand in Project Runway before, but also in other areas of life, I was always like, you don't have a brand yet. You're building it. And also, you don't know what that is. You know what you can aim for, but you may not know what that is mm. until you actually see who responds to your clothes, who buys your clothes. And then, then it becomes like, how do I adjust my brand all the time? But yeah. this show, it seems like everybody is already a brand. Yeah. So in a way, it's going to be interesting to see. This is going to be a lot about marketing, a lot about branding. So the conversation is going to change. And I'm... I'm here for it because it might be like, okay, my ears are not going to like you know, <laughs> explode, explode when I hear branding because now it's actually appropriate to talk about it in this kind of context. Yeah. Just saying. Just yeah. saying. No, I, th I think that's great because it's kind of, you know, thinking about who like the structure of the show and how just there's so many other aspects that we're going to talk about that are different, but um, how how they're approaching their designs and these these um, these prompts, like their assignments, um, if you will, um, yeah. are are definitely from a direct point of view. So, and it's another thing, like they're they're we don't spend a lot of time with figuring out their processes, um, which which we might get there a little bit later. We're still getting to know all these people. But um, let's let's move on into some of these other topics so we can actually kind of talk about um, like this, like these these differences of having these designers who are established, like in, in their way, they're um, I guess, you know, if, if we use artist language, they're they're no longer emerging like they're they're on the cusp, maybe. But yeah. some of them are um, newer than others. Um, we do have the um so sander from from belgium who is the youngest on the show but still still has we've seen um has a brand and has like um uh oh sorry that was my phone in the background it's so funny like i love people checking on me oh, <laughs> it's, oh it's that's really, nice it's really wonderful um but yeah that's nice. yeah it is um yeah, you guys check on each other. Yeah, just just check in, and see yeah. if everyone's okay. Um, but yeah, so so let's. I want to talk about him because he's the youngest, and then this idea of of merging. Um, he he would probably be the closest in terms of that. We don't know if Sander from Belgium has shown at any major fashion um, fashion weeks, but um, mm -hmm. just from his portfolio, it looks as if. Um, he's done enough to warrant being recruited for this show. Um, very, very driven, and and we'll see more. Just incredibly conceptual and and, and interesting. Um, so, yeah, let's 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 talk about anyone standing out to you in terms of just from 
going through the show and and their brand or 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 anyone that you kind of have pulled out as a favorite just so we can kind of get into one or two of these designers well i really liked um hold on i want to say the name correctly uh uh-uh. oh uh jin wong jin wan mm-hmm. jin wan i was like yes i like what you're making and as much as i hate to go i've always like am the kind of person who kind of naturally always wants to show support where support isn't existing so for me to like the winner feels very awkward but i do like <laughs> esther <laughs> i'm like i like the winner it's okay, okay. you like esther you I like, like esther <laughs> I, I, I'm like, I like that aesthetic, that that aesthetic is what I wish I could do, what I wish I could afford, what I wish I could wear all the time. Um, so I kind of, I, I was like, I like this. I really do. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I really like Esther too. I just want to like second that. And um, just also to tie in into Project Runway, she calls herself the queen of black. And there, there's <laughs> this it. wonderful, mo- wonderful, um, footage of her at her store um, in Berlin and she's putting out the sandwich board that says you know black is beautiful black is a color and all these other things about black <laughs> and just thinking about how you know it's it was always really risky doing black on Project Runway it still is as long as Nina Garcia is in a judging chair it's going to be risky doing all black but mm-hmm. um, what she's able to do in terms of I think what Nina tells all these designers on Project Runway to do she's doing it in just terms of texture and also uh Mm. you know just looking at she does you know if she's saying that black is a color I that's how I see her using it it's not just something that is um a neutral or uh yeah a a negative or something that is just to you know you know muddle together um yeah it's It's, just it's positive space yeah it's (laughs) amazing yes positive space it's amazing um and I'm I'm really really curious about um, Johnny Sabato and um, I think I hope it's Sabato and Sander. So I Sander I just Group Seven baby. And I I'm have telling to... you. <laughs> I mean, I was like, of course you're from Belgium. Of course you went to that school in Antwerp. Like, talk about the new generation. I'm like, where are your friends? Because you know there has to be six more of you to mm-hmm. you know have a little design house and do something i mean this kid's so weird it's wonderful like it's just wonderfully strange um johnny i'm, I'm curious about because he's from la and also deals with a lot of black and a lot of leather and and um also we find out learned how to sew because he was in the circus <laughs> that was amazing i mean it's so great um we don't know anything about his formal background I would I would you know I would assume that that's his formal background like he he didn't go to he didn't go to design school of or maybe didn't take classes but just taught himself and has built what looks like um a really really amazing um looking brand called skin graft <laughs> so so yeah so those are two people I'm 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 pretty curious about Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So, so another thing that's really different is that we're not in New York City anymore, y'all. So we meet these designers, and we they get to meet Heidi and Tim in the middle of Soho. But their first runway is not going to be in New York City. They're going to take them all of the world, and for the first, at least for the first two episodes, 
They're going to Paris. They're going to Paris. Yeah. So yeah, yeah they're going and to not Paris. Paris, Ohio, like Paris, France. I know. <laughs> Do you, you know, a part of me was like, did they just cast Will because he's from Paris, Ohio? And that would have, that's just a great story also. <laughs> I don't think so. I just feel like it's, you know, it, it works. I'm hoping that that's, you know, it works. But um, anyway. It's fun to joke about. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's great. Also, there is also a Paris, California. If anyone has ever oh. been there, please let me know. I have. It- there's a Paris, Texas, because it's a movie not by Paris. Jim Jarmusch, I think. If you're from I mean, Paris, oh, that's not Paris, France. Let us know. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so that's that's where um, our dear Will is from, but that's not where we're going. So yeah, they're they're taking them all over the planet. We already know this because of the rumors that I shouldn't say we all know this. I I know this because of the rumors that I've heard that they've been filming all over the place. So. Um, yeah, so we get to go there and and where they're working, they're working in it's it, it's a very Parisian looking atelier, double stories, um, you know, interior balconies. It's pretty gorgeous and a, enough space for them. And um just sort of the, the format of working in Paris. Um let, am I going too fast? Is there anything that no. I, I skipped over? Okay. <laughs> Because this, so. Okay, because this is also what's so different about this. Um, so we meet them in Paris. Um, we're skipping over some of these cute little interstitials. I say cute in quotes between Tim and Heidi. Um, <laughs> I, we'll get to that later. I just hope they stop doing it. I, you know, I just, I don't like Heidi and Tim on a date, on a fake date in Paris. <laughs> I can't wait for this part. <laughs> I mean, I, I hate... I kind of I don't hate it. I just don't like it anyway. Um, anyway, so so the format of them uh, of uh, of a day. So you know, um, they're they'll get to their time seems to be theirs. So they go to to Paris. Um, they show they they show them coming into the atelier where they're going to be working during the duration of their time in Paris, and then Tim gets to come in and introduce himself again and all the prizes. Tim also got some like bounce like a wow wow music on his intro oh. coming into the <laughs> atelier. And I think it's just so adorable because he goes, bonjour. Hello, everyone. And I was like, oh my gosh, Tim's French accent is so bad. That's so great. Like, <laughs> like I'm just so happy to see Tim. Um, so, you know, t- Tim bids him bonjour here's here's uh, you know i'm going to tell you your amazing opportunity all over again i'm going to repeat it um and so we we get our first challenge for for the first yeah the first challenge in paris um is that they have two days to make two garments and one has to be like a runway look like a like a really great kind of fantasy runway look and then they all have to make um that uh, a second look as the, as a companion, an accessible look that will be possibly manufactured by Amazon. Um, because on top of the person who wins this whole competition having collection on Amazon, every single winner of every single challenge will have the winning look manufactured on Amazon.com. And it will be available immediately following the airing of the show, um, which is kind of also crazy in a way like there's there's for every single episode we know what the prize is going to be and we'll also see like sometimes we won't um there are also some wonderful surprises it is not so 
Well, it is crazy. Mm-hmm. But when you look, when you think about it as this is the land of Jeff Bezos. Oh, yes. Then it's interesting because, look, Jeff Bezos, by the way, early investor in Google, just so, just like to give you, an, just to like highlight the story of Jeff. Mm-hmm. But also, they, Amazon has ventured into groceries, has ventured, you know, of course, went from books to all kinds of things to groceries um, but they have never really had a fashion stake. So this is really their way of kind of embedding themselves into another industry. Yeah. The way that I'm seeing it, maybe I'm just being really jaded, but that's how I see it. So in a way, in the land of like Jeff Bezos, like the way that Bezos acquires entry into existing industries, it, I'm not surprised in a yeah. way. Yeah. I mean, I, I am... I'm just kind of awed by this because so we can talk again, we can talk kind of talk about how different this is from project runway because um, you know, usually you make one garment and the twist is you make two. Um, And it's also always a surprise when it's a flash sale. So we've seen the, the, the pattern that not, they don't always know up front that um, they need to be thinking about manufacturing um, when they design their garments. Um, and also with this in mind, um, yeah, they, they, uh, it's, it's, we have these designers who, as you said before, are business owners and, um, are not emerging typically are, are used to manufacturing and dealing with the cost of things. And so Mm -hmm. I think with, um, a lot of them, it's not, it doesn't seem to be that much of a leap when Tim says you have to make two garments um, and have them be this and that, because I think a lot of them are very used to thinking about production. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I kind of like that. We just kind of slid on on there without any drama around like, Oh my God, like what too? Although I think a lot of them are (laughs) secretly dying on the inside. (laughs) Yeah. But also they're probably used to that. They're probably used to thinking like what's for the runway, what's Mm -hmm. for the clothing rack at my stockist. So in a way I think, um, I don't know. This might be difficult for somebody like, okay, just as an example, Hester Sunshine, mm. who is not kind of like at this level yet, but but is getting there, right? Right. But for I think for this group, I think, or at least it seems like they're all thinking like that as it is. Yeah. Um, I And so this kind of leads us into um, one of our other points in our list is that Tim also lets them know that this is a design competition, not a sewing competition. And so they all get a seamstress to do the basics for them overnight. So they all get assigned someone. Um, and it's kind of like, how does this work? And we see it play out that they make something called a tech pack. And I love that I'm learning new things. I don't know what a tech, I didn't know what a tech pack was. Did you? Oh, me neither. Okay, okay. No, no I, I, idea. Yeah, so they they essentially no. use their time to, so the whole design process, like from sketch to pattern making to cutting, um, these seamstress, seamstresses or whoever comes in to sew them at night, um, uh, they're going to follow these instructions that the designers leave for them and put in the buttons and the zippers and all the other trimmings or the hems, and they just have to give them a step-by-step um, document and visual of what they need done. Um, 
And and so how we see this play out is we don't ever see these people. They put their tech pack into a garment bag. They put them on a hanger and then they come back the next day and voila. It's the thing that a lot of the designers on Project Runway kind of out loud. They they wish out loud like, oh, my God, day two of a, of a two day challenge. Did the elves come in last night and and sew my garment? No. But on making the cut, they actually get magical elves. They actually have elves coming in at night. Uh, you know, under under the like the 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 you know the cover of night, um, invisible these invisible human beings. I would presume like yeah. it could be fairies. Who knows? They could be like, you know, elks or moose. I don't know. Who knows? We don't know. <laughs> we don't know who yeah. they are. That's basically what I'm saying is that we never see them, and it's just this mystery of process that I'm just not used to. But um, what did you think about that? Because I I heard from some listeners who're just like, wait, what? We don't get to see the seamstresses. Is this okay? Um, no, I'm glad you said the word invisible because it's sort of like we already all know, I think, all of us who pay attention to stuff, that there's a lot of invisibilized, invisibilized labor when it comes to fashion. And all of that invisibilized labor is not very good. It doesn't have a good <laughs> reputation. Yeah. It's like totally oppressive. So I'm kind of surprised that the seamstresses, um, I mean, I don't know, we'll see. Maybe as time goes on, we get to see who they are or maybe, Hmm. but I think how is this not also an opportunity to, I I understand this is made to launch a global brand, but that global brand does not happen under the lead, you know, the, the single auteur leader, you Mm -hmm. know? So why wouldn't this also serve to kind of launch parallel careers which are going to happen anyway right you know Hmm. so I thought that was really strange but what do you think about this idea of having what I call like an 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 instructions list to an ex somebody who's going to execute like what do you think about that it drives me nuts because why (laughs) well in terms of these things like I it you know and I I don't know what this is actually like I've never been able I've never done it um it just seems to me that that takes up so much time to have to think about how you're going to translate. Um, if you're someone who's not used to doing a tech pack, and there are some of these some designers on this cast who mm. have never done a tech pack before, Martha. Um, yeah. Who else? I think that's it. <laughs> others. I'm pretty sure there are others, um, but it's like to me, it 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 instincts instinctfully feels like it, it it's just too much time. Um, to, to deal with how to organize this stuff for someone else. But um, I, you know, but maybe it's, maybe I'm wrong because if, you know, if you kind of like think it out, a lot of their day is divvied up however they see fit. So for instance, there is no time there. Um, there's no time. Um, oh, oh my gosh. What, I lost my words. Like they don't get like 20 minutes to sketch. Whoops. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, they don't get 30 minutes at mood. So they are able to use their time during the day as they please because they know, for instance, say at like seven o'clock, that's when your tech pack has to be ready. So we see them go out to all parts of Paris and pairs or, or in, in, um, in, in groups or whatever. Um, they kind of like wander into the same fabric store. Like, so there is there are these designated things that they have to do, but in terms of how they spend their time, it's very, very loose. And so... I guess maybe it's not that bad. I don't know. What do you think? (laughs) 
You know, I thought this was actually, I think this is where the challenge of this type of show is for me is like, Mm. are you able to communicate your craft? Like, are you able to delegate so you can actually think about things like your vision, your style, your mm-hmm. your brand. Oh, my God, I'm saying it in, in the, the, the context that I approve of. <laughs> but, you know, are you able to kind of like think about all the components of your making, of your business, of your atelier, whatever word um, you want to use? And in order for you to have that kind of time, you have to delegate really well. And, you know, production is delegated. Yeah. So thought this was actually a really interesting way to me that's that's their challenge is like can you delegate can you communicate your vision to people who who have the capacity to help you make it happen help you realize that vision so I actually thought it was a really interesting thing and yeah and and, and I also have no exposure to the production industry of fashion so I was Mm -hmm. like a tech pack cool it's like an instructions list but it may, it may not function in the way that I think it does because of my ignorance about it. Mm. Um, but I thought that was a cool thing. You know, we already had one contestant kind of crumble. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or two. Two contestants have um, been kind of held up by that. Yeah. So One in, in a great way and one in a not such a great way. Yeah, let's talk about that. So I would say we spent a lot of time on this episode with a few designers and um, one of them is, well, the first face we see of our designer crop, and that's Martha. Um, we also spend a lot of time with Esther as well. And so these are the two designers who really struggled with this because Esther admits that she has not sewn for 15 years and was really relieved when Tim said, this is not a sewing competition, it's a design competition. And she's like, oh, yeah, I can do that. Um, and then Martha as well, who does not sew, hates sewing. Um, but also struggled with a tech pack because to put these tech packs together, which is what I, I really did like look learning through watching what this is and what it entails. So not only do you have to do um, a to-do list, you also have to essentially make your patterns. So you have to know something about pattern making. You have, you do have to know something about construction if you don't know how to sew. So I think um, for, for Esther, who seems to know more about construction than um, like her, her, her construction skills are better than her sewing skills. Um, mm-hmm. And it seems as if Martha, we learn about how um, she runs her business is that she, she works with pattern makers, um, consults with them. And it, and the way she communicates with them is not through a tech pack. It usually is. And I read a little bit about her, um, but she does is I want, here's a drawing of what I want. And then she'll see maybe like a, a mock-up and she'll go, I want the sleeves bigger. No, bigger. You know, that's, that's how she <laughs> communicates to her seamstresses, according to her, you know, like, you know, it's going to how. And then we also hear from, I think it's either Josh or Will. Who, um, one of them says, yeah, I know a lot of people who run their, who are, who are like that. Like they don't, they have pattern makers, like they run these clothing companies, but they don't make their own patterns. They don't know anything about pattern construction because they pay people to do that. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, in our field in photography, you have very talented photographers who don't know how to light, you know, right. right? And they, or maybe they just, that's something that again, they have to communicate and delegate to a skilled, another skilled professional, you know? Um, So to me, that's not like alarm bells going off. Yeah. Um, 
and I don't know where I got this from, maybe you, but it seems to be closer to, quote, quote, the real world of the fashion business. Hmm. That was someone on the show. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, who definitely said, well, you know, that's how that's how things are. That's how it is. Oh, you don't okay. you okay. have a team of people. And I think we hear a little bit from Sabato as well, who is at a work table next to Martha this whole time and and really is aware of how much she's struggling. Mm. And he comes over and helps her because she was having some she was really, really afraid to cut into her fabric because she just does has probably never hasn't done it a really long time. Um, and he tells her, he goes, I have sewers, I have print pattern makers, but at least I know how to pin my fabric. But it's clear that Sabado has a crew of people. And mm-hmm. I think it's clear that almost all of them, I think all of them um, have staff. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So let's let's get into this. So we we have this you know, what, what is very familiar, what is familiar in terms of Project Runway is that these designers get their Tim time and mm. um, Tim comes in to the atelier on day two to see what their progress is and to check in on them. And um, I don't know, if, is there anything that, that has, that stands out to you in terms of details that we're overlooking? Um, no, but I thought maybe I missed this, but I don't think that we, the viewers get to see Tim time with every single designer. It's just a select few, right? No, no. You know, just Tim, (laughs) Tim is like Tim. Uh, yeah, it's very, very little Tim time. I think I wrote that in my notes. I'm like, I want more Tim. I just want a lot of Tim. Um, cause he, he, I, I just, I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to call out his, his time with Jiwon because um, she's the first person that he comes up to. And I just, Tim is so adorable and out of TV practice. He's just, I am eager to see what <laughs> you have been doing. Jiwon. I am eager. She's like, you already said that you're eager. It's like, okay, show me what you are making. <laughs> and, but you know, it's, it's, again, it's just such a breath of fresh air. It's so comforting because Tim is comforting and very affirming yeah. as he's going around the workroom. It's very different from our, our wonderful friend, Kristen Siriano. Um, yeah. Because a lot of them are, it's clear, a lot of them are freaked out. And I, another aspect of this show that I learned, um, you know, reading a, about people's experiences on the show um is that a lot of them had no idea of a lot of what was happening <laughs> there. Like, it's like almost everything was a surprise. So I think they didn't know what the prizes were. They didn't know really what all the rules were. And I think having Tim as this, this stabilizing ground to kind of grip onto, um, you can kind of see it. Um, so he also spends time with Jasmine who is um, from Malaysia. And I think she used the term, size fluid to describe her brand um but she doesn't so what she's doing is she she's not work she says that she's not working from an existing pattern but and this is where my heart kind of dropped but also I get it in terms of these people who are um who have clients and who have brands and are very established um she she's making so her she's making a runway look that mm, is you know 
Tim can't tell the difference between the runaway look and the uh, made to manufacture look like the kind of like downplay cousin. Um, <laughs> the, the downplay cousin that she's making is something that she's already sold before. She's like, this is one of my best sellers. I'm like, Oh, all right. I'm just kind of disappointed in that. Like, can you do something that's a little bit more exciting? And, um, and she's, she's made a lot of questionable choices. So, so Jasmine has a lot of sheer fabrics and, um, we see her at the beginning of the episode when she's buying these fabrics and she's kind of apprehensive about how sheer they are, but she's like, but we're in Paris. So they're good with being naked. And she's like, I'm going to make it two ply. I'm going to make it three ply. Um, she ends up making it just one ply. She's just, it's just sheer. She's just sent like, you know, it's like, let's make it as naked as possible. But um, I liked her conversation with Tim about her size fluidity, how she likes to um, make dresses where the cut is the same for all yeah. sizes for the whole range. Um, and, and, you know, just like an, like an interesting um, approach to her work, but also someone who's quite successful, again, all has also shown at Fashion Week in New York. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Um. We get a little bit of time with Johnny from L.A. and um, someone who is working with a lot of khaki for some reason and um, someone who we'll see um, making some questionable choices as well. Um, it's it's, you know, he's working in khaki as someone who whose whole portfolio is leather and black, which is fascinating. But he's making something that's very tailored. Uh, in a men's outfit and then a very sweet prim short little dress for a lady I guess um yeah yeah all right so the next thing we can kind of move on to uh, so we you know we have gone through our two days um they're making their runway looks they're making their to be manufactured looks the elves have come in and they've they've put everything together we have the drama with esther who's struggling with her tech pack because her seamstress maybe it was a communication problem on esther's end or who knows we don't know but basically the dress doesn't look right so yeah esther from berlin ends up having to make a dress in two hours from scratch um yeah so i mean how about we just get to the runway yeah let's yeah, do that let's, let's get that so we have our new crop of judges and we start off with um, Tim and Heidi on the runway in front of the Tully fell in front of the Eiffel tower. <laughs> and they're so excited to introduce our newbies. So our new normals are Joseph Altazara, Corinne Reutfeld, Christina Ricci. And no, no. wait, Christina Ricci. No, no. Oh my gosh. Nicole. Oh Nicole my God. Ricci. Nicole Ricci. How'd I do that? Because there is a Christina Ricci. So Nicole yeah. Ricci in my notes is Christina. So we have Nicole Ricci. Sorry. <laughs> and then the million dollar prize of this judging panel is Naomi Campbell. Oh my God. So amazing. Uh, yeah. So it's like, 
this is another thing that none of the designers knew about. They didn't know who was on the judging because they were finding out as we were finding out and losing their minds. And so, of course, when Naomi comes out on the runway, they're just like, oh, my God, Naomi's going to see my clothes. Oh, my God. Kareem Royfell. Oh, my God. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And also, so another feature of this runway that's different from Project Runway is that the judges know that they're mic'd up. And they're 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 talking. They're talking about this whole runway, and it's great. <laughs> I like that a lot. I really liked it too. I really really enjoyed that. Okay, so okay, so let's let's get into looking at these outfits here. So the very first designer out is our dear dear Megan. So. And hopefully, and so I should say this. Okay, this is another thing that's the same between this po- between Project Runway and the making of the cut is that we will have a cheat sheet. <laughs> so, so um, the the link for the cheat sheet in the show notes. So just click on that, and then you can follow along with us. Okay, I just want to ask you a question. Sure. I don't want to wait until the end. Yeah. I want to ask yes. you now. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> Let's start with the first person on the runway. Really, really, which is Naomi. Well, she's ah! not the first. On, on the runway but she's the first person to really own that runway do you think that because the Eiffel, Eiffel Tower like it changes color all the time do you think they made it gold to match her dress or that she wore gold to match the color because that was just way too photogenic oh wow of a color choice I you know what because I'm thinking she's- about what she wore for the next episode and I think I wouldn't put it past her to be like, I'm going to be the color of the Eiffel Tower tonight or something like that. I didn't notice that. I just noticed that she, I mean, you want to describe what she's actually wearing. (laughs) She's wearing, I mean, I don't know what to call it, a very short, but not too short, um, flowy dress that is basically glittery gold, uh, long sleeved, long puffy sleeved. Um, I think it might have some kind of like neck wrap bow. Mm -hmm, Like a pussy Um, bow. Oh, that's what that's called. Um, and she's literally, she's like light. She's like in the city of light in front of the very lit Eiffel Tower wearing all this glittery, glitter, glittery stuff that is just stunning. Yeah. And I'm like, this is no accident. There, there are no accidents in these kinds of things. So, but I just loved that. I was like, what a kickoff to the runway. I know. I, You know what? Thank you for pointing that out because, you know, we have, we also have like Christina Ricci, I'm sorry, Nicole Ricci, <laughs> holy crapness, Nicole Ricci it. coming out and like kind of doing like a really cutesy little strut, you know, um, and then Naomi who kind of comes out and not full runway, but still owning it. Like she's just like, hi guys, I'm here, but I'm here. I am here. It's like, yes, Naomi, yes. It's just amazing. But yeah, and she's sparkling. She's carrying her own light. You know, I wouldn't oh. put it past her that, you know, that's like, this is my, this is my circle ring dress, my my circle light dress. You know, this makes my face um, look the best because I'm carrying my own light with me. <laughs> yeah. It's my own reflector. It's my own reflector. Yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> All right, so now let's go to our first designer, and that is, again, it's Megan. And um, so the first look definitely is the runway look. It's not the manufactured look, but it's uh, this short kind of um, puffy skirt and um, a 
banto top with a bow tie, like a half bow tie um, in the front um, and a lot of snakeskin. And then the second outfit is a very tailored snakeskin suit with ruffles. And um, both outfits have this runner's stripe kind of motif going on. Um, Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know. I was really skeptical about this in the workroom or in the atelier (laughs) Um, because, you know, the silhouette for the first look is, you know, it's very it's been it's done before. Um, It's it's a very um, familiar silhouette to me. And also with this puffy skirt, it's something that um, I know, like, I, you know, it's it's kind of like early aughts, late 90s type type deal. But I really like the fabric that she chose. I mean, and my favorite was the suit and the runner stripe down the side, I thought was this really interesting element there. Cause I'm like, we don't know who these designers are. Um, at least I don't, but um, in my head, I'm just like, huh, is it kind of like this, like sexy, sporty, sporty vibe that's going on. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. What were your thoughts? Um, not too, I mean, not, not much different than what you've already said. I thought it was, I think that Megan is going to be the kind of designer that's going to do this like very classic style that I'm not going to go for. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I did like that stripe, but I, I think that's called a tuxedo stripe on a pair of pants. Yeah. Yeah. But but this was, like you said, it's very sporty and I like that. Yeah. I also like yellow. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, no, go ahead. No, that's it. That's it. I thought it was okay. Yeah. Okay, so, and next we have Jiwon, and uh, what Ji was explaining to Tim in the atelier is that she's trying to marry and do what she has been doing, which um, we we learned a little bit about Jiwon's background. Um, Her parents immigrated from South Korea and to Oklahoma, where she really tried to forget her Koreanness and blend in. Um, to this very, very um, majority white um, environment. And so it wasn't until she got to Parsons in New York that she was like, oh, actually, let me think a little bit more about my Korean background. So um, I have done a little bit of research on her. And this first outfit with a lot of the white lines and the open leg is definitely her style. It's denim and she's carrying over um, Korean silhouettes with american type fabrications like with this denim um yeah and then the second look is her runway look which is all white but very but more traditionally korean than the first look um korean Reutfeld did not like this first look at all right yeah i was kind of surprised because, me too yeah i was like at least if, i mean sure you're not really into it um but we're hearing a lot about what these judges are going for and i feel like from this episode and the next episode, they've been very consistent. <laughs> um, and Kareem Royfield is very classic. And so is Naomi. She doesn't like a lot of stuff, which is interesting because she wears a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, but they really love the second piece a lot. And I like both of them. I thought they were both amazing. Yeah, me too. I thought they were both very cohesive. Oh, by the way, the thing about Megan, a very cohesive presentation. You know, between both looks. Oh, yes. And same, and same with G1. Yes, yes. Because these are collections. And so they're, they're talking about all of these runways as mini collections. So, yeah, I incredibly um, cohesive because we will have some designers who are 
doing some out of pocket stuff. We're just like, oh, left field. Where'd that come from? But um, anything else to say about Jiwon? No, no. I was just really, I was clearly my favorite of everybody, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, same. All right. So, <laughs> so next we have Renat. Um, mm. And um, both of her pieces are short, like these short fit, not, not short, but short kind of tailored slash. Well, the first one is more um, draped. And then the second one is like this kind of very strange tailoring I, not, strange with no judgment on it not like good or bad but just like i would say unorthodox um way of tailoring clothes so yeah i mean it's a short asymmetrical dress um with a long sleeve and um a really interesting drape on one side i'm not really into it like kind of like a I, it's not something that i would be drawn towards but I really think the way she's draping is interesting. Any thoughts? Um, I thought it was, I didn't like this collection at all. Hmm. I wasn't against it. I, I just didn't feel very, I didn't see something I, that was inspiring or that was kind of even remotely interesting yeah. for my taste, for my taste and for, um, because, okay, so if this is not a sewing competition, if this is about design and thinking about your design vision, I didn't see much vision here. I didn't see something that was like, oh, wow, that's what they're about. It was sort of like, okay, I've seen dresses like that a lot. Okay, okay, yeah. you know. Yeah, I agree. I mean, um, I, I'm, I really don't have much to say about or more to add on to that or our next designer. And I, I'm kind of like morphing into the next designer because, um, so the next one is Will and his opening dress, uh, I, I guess would be the, um, the runway look looks very similar to Renat's first look yeah. as well. And totally. Yeah. And that's why I was like, huh, okay. All right. Asymmetry again. Um, it's a different fabrication and it has its own problems. Like it's too short. Um, it's got a very, um, the hem cut is very uncomfortable to me, but it's clear that Will loves a slit because the second look comes mm. out and it is a long golden dress. The fabrication is unfortunate. Um, it does mm -hmm. not, it's not good. It It's just very stiff. Um, it looks cheap <laughs> to use to use it that word does. and well, it, it looks like those running blankets they give you at the end of the marathon oh, you know no, it looks like yeah it looks just like that because it doesn't it's not looks it almost looks as if it shouldn't be a garment um you know like he kind of went into that section where maybe the people who design the foil blankets for the end of marathons go and it's like hey well you don't you don't want to go back there. He's like, oh, but it's gold and it's reflective. Like, well, yeah, because it's very insulated. It's insulated. <laughs> it's not, you know, it's like it's a pretty color, but it's meant to hold in heat um, and to protect you against elements during an earthquake. But it's like, you know, it's not <laughs> it's not for this dress. And it's unfortunate because he loves it. And there's a moment at the end of the runway where he's just surrounded by these two amazing models who are just holding him while he cries. Also, a lot of people are crying. All the designers yeah, well, are crying. I mean, imagine it's like it's in Paris. You just had a runway in Paris in yeah. front of the Eiffel Tower, in front of like Corinne Royfeld. Uh, yeah, 
And it's it's wow. so manufactured to be so emotional. Okay, let me let me not be an emotional hard ass. So it's just like, like they're all. This is all an, an amazing moment. Um, I just think it's kind of unfortunate because oh, it's great. It's great that he's happy. It's just that these weren't great looks, and um, I'm glad that they were there to sort of comfort him. But also, um, yeah, they've they have really produced this not only with the. Um, with the area or with the with the runway and and all in the production of the set, there is all this emotional music going on. Like it's a very festive and even the way it's shot, like the production of this runway is just like it is overwhelming. Um, and I mean it in a good way. <laughs> so yeah, so sometimes it's hard to like. No, go ahead. I was like, why Why is Will making the models cry backstage? Like after they just <laughs> did this amazing thing, I'm like. Come on. <laughs> yeah, because it made me wonder. I know some of these, mo- most of these models, I'm pretty sure, live in Paris. Um, a lot of uh, what I heard in the workroom, um, their accents, like some of them had very French accents. Um, but also, this is a moment for a lot of these models as well. So it's just like, come on, this is great. Anyway, I'll, I'm not going to rain on the parade. It's great. It's wonderful. But um, for me, also, it's sometimes it's, it's, it's interesting to have to pick apart these these garments with this you know this wonderful environment like they're just all so happy and it's like will <laughs> that dress looked cheap all right okay so <laughs> so next next is johnny right yes yes johnny is next yes um uh yeah it's a khaki pair so we have the first look which is his his female model and it's the runway look it's it's very um very sweet uh, A-line dress with some gathered sleeve detail going on. Um, a lot of in elastic cuffs. I didn't like this. <laughs> I didn't think it fit the model. Um, yeah. And I just thought that, you know, I'm not really sure why he chose this fabric. I don't know if he panicked or was thinking a little bit too much about looking or maybe playing down a little bit about what he's like um, or what he likes to do, which seems a little bit out there and a little rock and roll and and there's no leather. Um, It almost is kind of like muslin to me walking down the runway. Yeah. 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 Any, anything about the first and the second looks? No, not really. All right. Whoops. Sorry, Johnny. (laughs) (laughs) Not Not yet. All right. Next we have Jasmine. And I was so confused by this first outfit because it's it's supposedly a bestseller. So the first look that comes out is the look that she says is her bestseller. And it just looked like nothing to me. It was just a really beautiful color and a beautiful back. But from the front, even the styling of the model was very. uh, Yeah. It was very plain. I mean, I wondered if, was this a best, a bestseller in this type of fabric? Hmm. And like, I don't, I, I, I didn't do my homework on, on this designer. So that was the question that I had. Is, is that your bestseller in that type of fabric? Or do you normally work with prints or something more dense? Because I could see this being like formal evening for certain people. Mm. Um, I thought it was really beautiful from the back. The first look, 
the blue dress. Yeah. Really beautiful from the back. Very beautiful. Exquis exquisite from the back. But from the front, it's like I'm wearing a nightgown, a fancy nightgown. Yeah. I'm wearing somebody's shirt that's too big for them. It was sort of like confusing to me. Yeah. I thought it was really unfortunate. And I think I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of how she constructed this or even, um, you know, a camera on her seamstress. Because a second look comes out. And, you know, Naomi's head does this thing when she doesn't like something. And I'm just going to keep my eyes on her and just see if I'm right. But it's almost like, it's like, oh, um, why is this in front of my eyes? Like, please take mm -hmm. it away. And because the second outfit is sheer. And that's all they can talk about. So with Jasmine talking about, I'm going to make this two-ply, you know, meaning layering it on top of one another to take away a little bit of the sheerness. This model had nothing on except for pasties underneath this outfit. And that was such a risk. But also what was risky is how simple it looked in its construction. It just looked like it was tacked together to me at least. Um, yeah. 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 And also again, if this is about, this is not a sewing competition. This is about, this is literally, if, if Amazon was going to manufacture that, who would buy it based on the sheerness of the fabric? Right. Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I thought, what? <laughs> that was sort of like, okay, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. You know. Same. All right. Um, next we have Josh. And I really don't have much to say oh, about this next one. Yeah, me too. I, I also was like, eh. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, listeners. We're, we're trying to get to two episodes. So we'll get like, we'll get around to them like a little bit deeper as we go on. Um, the next person is Troy from New York. Mm -hmm. And in my notes, I thought he was some person from Troy, New York. I just got so excited when I saw oh. Troy. I was like, Troy, New York. Oh, my God. But his name is Troy. Um, I Yeah, it's like. You know, Josh and Troy, I, I didn't really think that there was a lot of cohesion in either of this, but I thought Troy's looks were interesting to look at because he makes this jacket that sticks out in a way that I've, I, you know, I haven't really seen jackets stick out that way. I didn't like it, but I've never seen it before. <laughs> and so it's interesting. Um, yeah, to, I actually like Troy's looks. They were probably my second favorite mm -hmm. or maybe third favorite. Um, but again, nothing like nothing. Wow. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Same. I think there's more from Troy. I think he's a great tailor. So I'm waiting to see more of that. Yeah. All right. And then next we have Martha, um, yeah. with a huge bow on the front. Um, and you know, we had a conversation with Tim in the workroom that was, pretty um you know i would say got the most attention on the show because tim really thought that the it's a drop waist dress with a baby blue puff at the bottom and a gigantic uh, bow oh. in the front with the same color and he was like you know the blue is cheapening it a little bit um and taking it down from the sophistication of the second look which is a which are tailored high waisted pants and then a, a, a tied um, like bandeau top um, at the front. Um, 
and it's like it's really unfortunate because under these lights the blue gets lost and it looks wrinkled it just looks very messy like she just didn't iron anything didn't steam anything um and then the second look just you know naomi campbell called it out it looked so easy it looked very much like the pants were tailored but then the top was just wrapped around her bust and it was falling off and you know heidi is like you know the boob police and i'm like that's a (laughs) no-no like her chest just looks kind of constricted there yeah and that's the kind of thing like that's what you wear like if you have a scarf you know if you're at the beach and you're topless and then like some people come that you don't know who they are and you're like oh oh i better make myself respectable so you kind of like (laughs) wrap it around your 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 breasts like that to sort of like you know you don't know who's coming you don't know who, who they are or why they're there so you're like ooh, i better cover up yeah so it's like why is that on the runway I sort of didn't really understand why that look would make sense with the one before it, but I don't think it was about making sense. I think it was about a feeling. Hmm. Um, I'm just not into the feeling, I guess. Yeah, I, I I am not either. I was kind of shocked to hear that Nicole Ricci really liked the feeling. She's like, I get it. Oh, right. Yeah. There's a lot of, I, I get it, or I don't get it. I don't understand. Or I, I, I got that. Like, I, I see where her vibe is. Like, I'm going with her over there. I was just kind of shocked to see that because it felt, in terms of the caliber, even of the next designer. So, I know, do, you, do you mind going to Sabato next? Sure. Yeah. Um, Sabato, who's from Milan, um, has his models coming out look like Mother Teresa's or nuns or mourning ladies. <laughs> They're I all, know. <laughs> all in black there's this dramatic um kind of performance where the part there's a a draped or i would say a draped cape part of the back of the dress it's all one piece dresses and they all come out with the um their heads covered at first and then they reveal when they take the the head dress off that it's like this one piece elegant simple simple um minimal dress in the back and um it's just pretty (laughs) Yeah, it's really pretty. It's so pretty. Yeah. And then, it's nice that it's like not a convertible. It's like a little bit of a convertible factor that was good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you know, you, you, you know, this dress, this fabric is probably too expensive to actually act as a hood in the rain or, you know, have any real function. You know, it can't really use it as a mask or anything like that. But it's dramatic and, um, and just really beautifully textured and so I don't know it was just beautiful just freaking beautiful um so you know so it was it was a really interesting dynamic to go from Martha's piece which as you said like did not look like it was runway ready to something that Samuda did which was kind of impeccable yeah yeah very impeccable yeah all right and then to something wild something amazing a stick in a jacket (laughs) yeah (laughs) A stick in a jacket because you never know when you have to balance a gallon of milk and like a sack of potatoes on your way home from work <sighs> you know you never know <laughs> wait what do you see i don't get it why would you want to wear a jacket and a stick out of it and why would you be uh, bringing home milk and and potatoes like this what is this sack of potatoes i love this because corinne Reutfeld was like uh what <laughs> what is happening um yeah and and Nicole Ricci loved this which and and so did Altazara and because 
and we we can talk about the second look as well, which was um, the accessible look. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The accessible look. Yes. It was like a head to toe, maybe a coat um, that was color blocked. And it looks like a very heavy wool cashmere something. Um, you know, like they're totally different seasons and, and, and but has the same kind of vibe and um, of just really wonderfully strange. That's the only thing I, way I can explain it. Um, I, I hope that's a coat. I don't know. But if yeah, it were, I, I, it was I like trench trench dresses with embellishment. Yes, yeah, it's really, really interesting, um, and too much, but in a good way. I love that shock of color in the front. Uh, I just, I just, it was a really interesting way of breaking up a lot of that camel. Um, yeah, yeah, it was really strange to look at. I loved it. All right, um, and next we have the last designer, Esther. Esther. So what did you think about this first dress? Eh, same thing, like all the other black dresses. You've, we've all seen some version of those dresses. In fact, we can probably buy them on Amazon right now for like $9.99, some <laughs> kind of version of these things. Yeah. So I like the shoes. I thought the styling was really good. Um, but again, I know this wasn't what what Esther wanted. Yeah. Um. But hey, not bad for not having something sewn to your specifications and improvised in two hours. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, respect. <laughs> yeah, like the edges were finished, and you know, it's not as if she just kind of wrapped around the fabric in in the front. It was not, of course, not well finished, but it had really interesting lines. But I, you know. I didn't think it fit well, um, but I thought from the back, it was nicely unexpected to have that drape going on. The second look, loved it. The Ooh, runway piece, I mean, in love with this drape of black, these crazy, this, these wonderfully layered tops and all these textured blacks and pants and like these like matte and shimmer together. It was really Really beautiful. Really, really great. It was so great. Yeah. So yeah. I want that piece. I don't want the first dress. I don't care about the dress. So yeah. yeah. All right. So that's the end of the runway. Um, so now we get to talk a little bit about how judging happens. So this is what's really different is that on this show, because Heidi's in charge, it's more like a firing squad. <laughs> and then also no one knows why if you get your name called it's just bad you don't know why you don't know if it's good or bad you just I just to say it's always a chance that you're going home so you kind of don't want your name called um there is no order in which your name is called so we transition off of the runway back into the atelier and they have shoved all the designers in a corner or maybe they shoved themselves back there because they feel like they're in danger. Um, but all of the judges are lined up on their high top chairs. Um, and Heidi is there, you know, telling them what this is about. Basically there's going to be twists and turns and they have judged them already. They've, they've gotten their tallies together, but 
their minds aren't set. You have a chance to change their minds because if there's a chance that you were one of the low scoring designers, um, how you present yourself and what you say about your brand or how you represent or fill in some of these blanks and questions that they have, that could determine whether or not you stay or go home. Oh my God. All right. So, <laughs> so um, we have them out there and the first person that they call up is Jasmine. So Jasmine comes to the front and they're like, so Jasmine, tell us about your brand. Who are you? Who and where is she going? And so she comes up and she explains some stuff. And um, we kind of hear a little bit of what the judges had already said on mic during the runway. Um, Naomi really thinks that the sheerness was done in poll taste um, get ready for these accents, guys. Um, it's in poll <laughs> taste. And then Re- uh, Nicole Ricci brings up that sheer is really hard to sell. Um, and yeah, I mean, anything else, anything you want to, anything that stood out during this back and forth with Jasmine? No, no, I think you nailed it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, because basically... Jazz, so Heidi, this is the, you know, how, how this leads into um, the fate of these, these designers. Heidi goes down the line of judges and asks them, so after speaking to Jasmine, did any of you change your minds? And they all go, no, 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 no. And so <laughs> Heidi goes, all right, Jasmine, I'm sorry, you're not making the cut. And Jasmine yeah. leaves immediately. <laughs> Yeah, she is gone. That's it. Um, The first person called in from the firing squad gets sent home. It's very abrupt. It's it's oh, man, it really blindsided me because I'm like, what? What? What's the format here? Um, But that's not all. Um, Heidi has gotten her first sacrifice and there's time for another one. So Martha, Martha comes on out. And Martha, we fir- we finally get to see what she's actually wearing. And I would say, like, she looks better than both of her models and what she's she's put on. Um, but she clearly got some mixed reviews. And Naomi and I think Christina Ricci are both battling back and forth about how they liked it. They didn't like it. Um, and Kareen, I think because of how Martha is dressed, um, for Kareen and, and for Joseph, as well they're both like so it just looks like you're really into this fantasy why didn't you commit more to this because look look at you look at your boots look at your outfit and um yeah martha i thought came across as weirdly confident and it seemed like a strategy of not giving up any ground at all to be like not to concede anything to be like oh yeah well maybe i could have done this differently she was very gung-ho um, and then Heidi goes down the line again and it goes, those, you know, judges, did any of you change your mind? No one changes their mind. And that means Martha is safe. Mm. Excuse me? <laughs> I was really shocked by this, uh, you know, but it's kind of, you know, it, it, it was kind of clear that some of the judges were okay with her looking like she just kind of wrapped something around her model's top, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was actually really surprised here, too, because I thought Jasmine at least demonstrated excellent tailoring skills. Martha did not. Right. 
I I totally agree. So I kind of thought, all right, okay, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so Martha is safe, and she's she's about as shocked as we both were because I think they she's you know Heidi says you're safe, and she goes, wait, what? I'm not going home. I'm here again. And I'm like, yeah, you better go back before they change your minds um, because you're barely safe. But the next yeah. next person they call is Jiwon. So she comes out, talks about her brand, and um, Kareen chimes in. And we, again, hear a lot of what they already spoke about on the runway. Um, yeah, so Esther, I mean, sorry, Jiwon is also safe but it's clear that she's the first person who's in front of the judges who had a really high score everyone really liked it and um i would say everyone people were mixed about her first piece but the second piece the red and white or the white and red i should say pretty much was it was uh unanimous everyone loved that outfit yeah yeah next we have esther esther's name gets called and she's just like oh shit because no one knows what's happening. No one knows. No one is safe. No one knows if they're on top or the bottom. There's no order. And yeah. so she comes out and she's very honest about her sewing struggles and how she hasn't sewed anything for 15 years. And um, yeah, but the judges are pretty un- unanimous in how much they loved both of her looks, which was shocking to me because I didn't feel like the first outfit was sewn that well. Um but they really, really liked it. And there's this moment with Naomi where she goes, do you sell your clothes in your stores right now? You know, you very adorable person who's so poor than me. Um, and it's like, I love, I love her because she's like, do you, how are you doing? Like, is, are you a good designer are you a be- you know i don't know it's and so um she's like yeah i know i've been doing this for 10 years i've been online for a half of year um and i you know i it's kind of just clear that that she's she's a high scoring designer um heidi asks all the judges did you change your minds no one changed their minds and so patricia what's esther's fate um, Esther is the winner of the first competition. Yeah, yeah. So Esther <laughs> will have her look manufactured on Amazon. That dress is now available for like $50. Oh, wow. Yeah, not that much. Um, that's that's cool. I like that aspect of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it looks way better on amazon.com than it did mm-hmm. on the runway, of course you know it just it's it's a cool looking dress so okay yeah smart move guys smart move all right <laughs> so, so that was episode one that was episode one um that all right so let's go to episode two and what we're going to do is we're going to railroad to the runway right away (laughs) so the link to that is also in your show notes so all of a sudden all of a sudden we're back in the atelier and the new prompt for these designers is like guys how can we leave paris without haute couture how can we how can we leave this place how can we come here this place without doing something that is sort of about the art of haute couture and so 
Tim and Heidi bring the designers back in and essentially what they're going to do is again, the same as episode one, two looks, but the first look, you know, in, instead of interpreting it as a runway look, it's going to be a showstopper. And then the second look will be the sellable interpretation of that showstopper. And I have, to, I love this because the runway is going to be not from the, the Tour Eiffel. It's going to be at the Louvre Palace at Le Musée des Arts Décoratifs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> not bad. Not too not, shabby. Not bad. In a palace. So I also just want to say that they get to sketch all over the place. So some of them do go to the Louvre to sketch and some go to the Musée Yves Saint Laurent to go and also get inspiration. So they're going all over the city Um and so let's so let's get to this runway. So we again we have this interpretation of couture, and then um, an interpretation or a um, a sellable interpretation of these looks. I would have to say before we actually get into the runway, we again have to talk about what Naomi Campbell is wearing. Oh wait, I have to. Fa- I forget what she's wearing. Yeah, she's right? she has got these stabby shoulders on. oh yes these fringe fringe, fringe oh stabby God. stabby shoulders um because she's here i mean she's not going to slay you she's going to poke you in the eye she's going to poke you fashion wise with her incredible shoulders like it's just the most dramatic thing in this room um it's it's amazing it's 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 kind of awesome um all right so again we have our normies and that's Joseph Altazara, Corinne Rothfeld, Nicole Ritchie, Naomi Campbell. Oh, my God. With the stabby shoulders. Um, and then we also, of course, have Kylie Klum. The first person to start off this is Esther. All right. And I'm glad that they stopped, started this off because Naomi Campbell and Corinne Rothfeld have very, very strong opinions about couture. And so, yeah. Naomi, so Esther's first look comes out and Naomi goes, that's couture. <laughs> That is couture. Just like, <laughs> and then Corinne goes chic, and I feel like that's like high praise from a French person, especially from the editor in- or former editor in chief oh. of French Vogue, who says chic to your outfits. So it's like, yeah, oh my god, that's a good thing. Yes, so good. But I, yeah, I again love these two pieces so much. It, it's just the tailoring is so much better than the last episode, and. Oh my gosh, just so cool. I love the the first look, which was the couture look, and then the accessible look, which was, I just thought it was a really, really sweet idea of a tuxedo as well. Yeah. Yeah. I thought they were both amazing, and I thought, did they, like, have a day in between and go to the Louvre and look at the Mona Lisa? You know, because oh, it's so yeah. cool. Like, that, that headgear is so clearly inspired by painting. And specifically, kind of like Italian Renaissance painting, um, not necessarily the Mona Lisa, but there is, um, yeah. I'm not going to go on on like names of painters I haven't thought about <laughs> since 1999, but but it's it's very informed. Yeah, it's a very informed aesthetic, and I really liked it. I really really enjoyed that as well. Um... The next designer is, is Megan, who, again, like I just feel like her clothes look so much better on the runway than they do in the, the atelier. I'm always doubtful, and I, oh, I should say always, for the last two episodes have been doubtful. Um, it was nice to see this first accessible look walk 
which is a very simple asymmetrical off shoulder, but the way it's pinned in the back. So when the, when the, when the model turns, there's something a little more unexpected going on. That's really interesting. Um, her couture look to me is a little bit more conventional, conventional. Um, the, the judges loved it, of course, because the lines are very graphic. It looks very clean. Um, but I, I, you know, I'm, I am not really with the uh, handkerchief hem. <laughs> and yeah. also the lines. I'm just, I'm not, I feel like it's very, it's kind of like a, like a, an obstacle illusion. It's like, oh, the lines are straight and, and angular. Oh, this is so great. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. It's graphically <laughs> like, interesting, but I yeah. say overall the effect I was like, all right. It's like Viva Op Art. Okay. Yeah. You know. Yeah. All right. Next we have G1. Yeah. I like her it, so much. I like her so much. Very cohesive collection. Everybody loved that first look, the the, the white look. I was like, eh, it's too short. Yeah. But, <laughs> but you know, it was well done. It was well crafted. It's in line with what g1 does i did love the second look a lot i thought the second look was so impactful and stunning and i'm so glad that she put that on a male model um (laughs) just because of the you know i it's kind of like something about the height of it but also that that v was very dramatic um there and so it's kind of like the the open front of that with the with the fringe was just a really nice effect um, but also it's like has this really wonderful um, genderless quality of it as well. It's kind of the same as the second look of the first um, first runway show. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. And then we have Josh. Yeah, then we have Josh. Um, they hated this. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I... they gave them champagne, champagne, or if, they, <laughs> if something was going on. Because like, oh, my God. Naomi goes, I'm not going to put my mother in that outfit. You know, that's where she starts get a little Naomi on this. She was so upset. I love it. Yeah. It was not couture. Um, next, we have Will. And I have to say, this reminded me of a movie of the, I, I think it might be coming to America. I have no idea what it is, but this poor model, he put her in a really tight dress and yeah. made her walk a mile in the most acoustic, the most echoey hallway in, you know, in this beautiful building, this poor, poor model. But I I thought it was kind of hilarious at the same time because I think it took her a minute to come down that mile. But yeah, it was it was like, what? Yeah, it was wacky. Yeah. I didn't like this presentation at all by Will, unfortunately. Yeah, I didn't like either. There's something... He needs to give up the fabric because the gold fabric comes back um, that yeah. he used in the first outfit. It's kind of wrapped around the second model. And I'm like, dude, it's a great color, but it's terrible fabric. Um, yeah. All right. Next, we have Sabato, who yes. is making his his um, his deceased mother's wedding dress. I wonder if I said that beautifully. I Okay. I want because I want to... <laughs> <laughs> um, he's making a wedding dress for his mother who just recently passed away. So it's kind, it, it's kind of like a... And who a, didn't have a wedding. And who didn't have a wedding. No, didn't have a wedding, eloped because yeah. she married someone that her parents didn't approve of. 
Um, and he was very close to her. And so he's he's in mourning um, and has been thinking about her. And I think he's been thinking about her because it kind of ties into the first runway as well. Um, and he so he made her these beautiful, white, elegant, ethereal pieces um, that were just, again, just really beautiful. And he sewed the at least the accessible piece himself. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, next we have Renat and again, doing these, this drapey thing, um, starting off with a drape and then, um, a pairing that is not the prompt. Like she didn't follow directions, (laughs) which, you know, I'm not mad at, but it's like, it's kind of obvious. You stick out like a sore thumb when you put out this orange asymmetrical gown and then you give us this plaid you know, cold shoulder jacket. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, the first look, I loved the orange look. Loved it. Yeah. But then that other jacket, I was like, what? It, I didn't get it. I guess it draped at the sh- at the sleeves. You know, I was like, how how is this related? I was sort of hoping that the judges on their mics would kind of clue into something. Like maybe it would be split. But everyone was like, I don't get it. I don't like it. I don't get it. So, yeah. 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 And then we have Troy. Next we have Troy. I was surprised. So, you know, again, I don't get it. Just like the judges. Like, I didn't understand the... the... So the first outfit is this, you know, tailored jacket. um, Tailored, you know, to the length of its life. And then it's on top of this very tight jersey dress. And then we have, I guess, a similar jersey type thing going on. But then on top of it, he puts terry cloth. Yeah, um, and Heidi says that looks like a bath mat, and that's the accessible look. Mm, I'm confused, yeah. but also a lot of people are doing these. I don't know if you call those inverted seams, but it kind of is the same type of se- seaming technique that G Wan used um, on on her outfit. I think she was using neoprene, but I think he was using jersey. It's really strange. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very confusing. Next, we have Johnny, who's decided to go to his roots a little bit, um, decided to do a kimono top. Now, in the Taliate, he tells this to Tim, and Tim is like, so what are you going to do to take it out of it looking like a kimono? He goes, yeah, so Tim, I'm going to cut it. It's going to be in the way I cut it. It's it's going to be good. Uh, it looks... Okay, How do, what do you think about this? What, what are your thoughts? I... I mean, it's it's great. Okay, this is the kind of piece that's a breather in a collection. It's not something you want to use to highlight something when it's a competition. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is a breather in a, in, in a larger collection. So is it well made? Yes. Is it nice? Sure. Is it okay? Yeah. But I'm kind of like, really? I don't know. It was just okay. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought that the couture-inspired look felt dated in a way, Um, you know, to use that term. It's a jacket. It's a moto leather jacket with heavy jersey um, incorporated into it. And to me, it just wasn't, as Naomi says, it wasn't couture. It just, it, it wasn't, it just really wasn't. It was just very flowy and, and, and moved beautifully, but that's about it. Well, there is one thing that I appreciated about it. I didn't like this look at all, um, but I did appreciate the fact that um, 
what's Johnny? That Johnny actually made a leather jacket. Yeah. But then had a had a train. It had a leather train to sort of evoke this like Kotor drama. It didn't work. But I thought that was actually interesting. I've never not that I've seen every Kotor show ever, but you know, if if you see if you saw McQueen at the Met, if you just look at pictures online, if you look at magazines, you see a lot of this KOTOR stuff. And you know it's expensive. You know it's typically um, possibly all handmade and kind of pushes things. So I appreciated that Johnny was trying to push how a leather jacket could function mm. in a KOTOR environment, but it just didn't work for me. Yeah. But I, I actually thought people didn't really give it enough credit for that. I, for trying to do that. Yeah. I mean, I, and I, I agree. I agree with that. I think the, my issue was perhaps it's a little too subtle and what, in terms of what he was trying to do from the front, just because the way it was cut, it looks like a normal jacket from the front, even with that yeah. really like um, unusual hem. It just still, I was like, you could still do something to these pieces of a moto jacket that are so classic and that we've seen a lot of. So, but I, I have a lot of hope for Johnny still. A lot of hope. Yeah. Okay. Next we have Martha. I am, I apologize listeners for us skipping through the drama around Martha. <laughs> we yeah. We'll get to that later. I think it's, I think, I think we can kind of like mull over that um, later on. Um, Cause she almost walked off the show. Like she almost took herself out of this and it, what she ended up with are two pieces of amazingly textured fabrics wrapped around and pinned together on her model and held up, or I would say shaped by chunky jewelry. Um, yeah, it was, this was, not good. It was just not good. No, no. It was it was really wacky. And also I didn't understand the styling with the eyebrows. Yeah. And the shoes. Did you did you notice that there the eyebrows were also on the shoes too? Oh no, I didn't I didn't see that. No. Yeah, there is a lot of bells and whistles going on here and it uh, you know, there is a yeah. shot of her in the atelier putting a lot of these little whatever these are on her eyes on the shoes and I just thought you have a lot of time to glue these shoes with things like maybe you should be spending your time doing other things. Like there's a lot going on in the workroom with these outfits and it really pissed off Naomi Campbell, which I loved. Like I just kind of, I shouldn't say pissed off. Like Naomi Campbell was very offended by these outfits. And I would say I was surprised at other Heidi, for instance, who saw it was like, well, it's I think it's fun. I think it's it's look like I think it's kind of fun. And I and I get it. Heidi probably um you know, she probably elbowed her way through to get Martha onto the show. I'm suspecting. And <laughs> it's kind of clear throughout this, you know, looking at this runway that um Nicole and Naomi were going at it against each other like I like it and like I don't like it. I well I like it. <laughs> they go back and forth in this way that I love. But this one they were <laughs> They were, you know, lock step on. Naomi's like, I love the brown and I like this fringe color. And I think all of them really like the fabrication. But yeah, Nicole was like, it's sloppy. It's obvious. And also Naomi has been screaming at people from their high top table, whether or not it's couture or not. So of course she's going to hate this. Nothing mm. is sewn. 
and it's kind of clear from miles away that that nothing on nothing of these garments were sewn so yeah so yeah i mean naomi even says i can make that dress (laughs) (laughs) you know and heidi i think it's fun (laughs) and it's like yeah it's it's fun heidi but don't you remember the the prompt you can't save martha i'm sorry heidi yeah all right next we have sander the showstopper so first we have this like quiet cute little dress coming out with an asymmetrical hem and feathers all over the place and Naomi is and 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 Nicole go at each other where Naomi hates the sprouty thing and Nicole loves it and gets it and then mm-hmm. here here it comes <laughs> the couture outfit making a lot of noise it's the negative space it's the donut hole it is the yang to the yang it is the 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 inspiration of you know the pyramids inside of this classic structure that is the Louvre Palace. And so anyway, but I loved it. It was so strange. It looks like the model is riding like an, you know, or she's about to get on um, a mechanical Westworld-esque horse or something in 300 years. I don't know. She looks like a like a yeah. futuristic cowboy. <laughs> and they liked it, right? Like, Campbell didn't like this. She was like, I'm not into it. Yeah, she's like, hated it. (laughs) Did not like it. Um, But also, I would say this ends the runway, but it also begins something that is a new element that I'm not sure if they're going to carry on through, which is, uh uh-oh, they get to get up close to these garments. So I'm going to have us mingle this along. While they're mingling with the garments, we're going to mingle this with the judging as well. So... We'll, we'll call out a, a couple people. So these are the people who get called out. Sander, Martha, um, Esther, Johnny, and Jiwon. Um, so we actually get to talk to a lot of these designers, but I think it's also beca- uh, some of the most obvious calls as well. I would say except for Johnny. Johnny, I, I, I didn't think it was an obvious call, but he was on the cusp. Um but it seemed as if as it got closer, it really helped out. And it, of course, detracted from um, some of the scorings as well. And I, I, I'm going to call out Megan, who they really loved. But once they got closer and saw the couture piece, it was kind of wrinkly, kind of lumpy, not the best handwork. Um, and so yeah. hers didn't really benefit from a close up. But Jiwan's benefited from a close up. And so did Sarah and Esther's. But another and one, Sa- oh, go ahead. And Sabato. Yes. Sa- Sabato. Yeah. I, I, I really like this moment with Naomi and Nicole looking at Sabato's work. <laughs> yeah. It was just, I think they were both just very moved by it. Um, and the simplicity of how beautiful it was. Um, Martha, this sealed her fate, however. <sighs> um, we get our first, um, Heidi from Joseph. Because Joseph Altazara gets up close and is just appalled. Oh, my God. Safety pins. So, and they're talking to the designers. Like, so are you, like, zipped into this? Are you sewn into this? Are there no buttons? Like, what's happening? Mm There is nothing holding up that dress except for safety pins and um, the jewelry. And Naomi goes, we have to talk to Martha. That was just a little lazy here. So it's like, uh (laughs) uh-oh. Martha, darling. Oh, no. Um, so in our, in our judging, we 
do have a winner. Um, Patricia. <laughs> yes. <laughs> who is the who is the winner of this episode? Well, the winner of the second episode of Making the Cut is also Esther. What? Oh my god. I'm, what? Two in a row. What's happening? This was less surprising. I'm I I kind of had pegged her or G1. I actually wanted G1 to win. <laughs> I thought I thought G1 was actually going to win both, but hey. Man, you can see on Jiwon's face in the corner when they tell Esther that she's won, that Jiwon is someone who you don't really want to sleep on. She is a competitor. Um, yeah. But what's yeah. great is that she gets called out anyway. So we, we think we are, we're done with the winning thing. Then she gets called out. And it's because a buyer from Amazon was at the runway show and also wants to manufacture her white outfit, her accessible outfit. So... She's also in there. And, and so this is a thing. Like, I love this is like a good surprise from Heidi because she goes, you never know who's going to be at these runway shows. Isn't this great? Isn't this more stressful for you? The stakes are even <laughs> higher. <laughs> so it's like, this is great. But it's also kind of torture <laughs> because, yeah, this is kind of unexpected that we thought the rules were if you win, you get a manufacturer, you get your outfit manufactured. But. If someone else likes it there, if maybe maybe it's someone not Amazon, maybe it's another manufacturer. We don't know really what the rules are or what the prizes are as we go through each episode. And I'm just like, oh, my God, this is this is nuts. I love it. I really love it. And also G1 deserves it. Yes, very much. Yeah. All right. But. The person who is leaving us. Mm. um, Patricia. Who's not making the cut? So Martha did not make the cut. <gasps> Absolutely no one is shocked. But everyone is crying. Um, you know, I... Why? But Yeah, you know. yeah. I, I am not... I actually feel like this was a mercy call for Martha. I really don't think that she could have gotten through another episode. Yeah. And it was kind of clear to me that Heidi really was trying to get her to stay for some reason, but it's like, you know, Naomi wasn't having it. I feel like it kind of sealed her fate. Um, and there's just no executive producer move that anyone could have pulled um, to save Martha. So, yeah. 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 I mean, okay. So Patricia, I mean, any final thoughts about this episode? No. Okay. No. Yeah, I don't I don't either. I I have to say this overall I'm excited. I I like how different it is and I like that the stakes are not incredibly um laid out for us and that there yeah. are so many twists and turns but the twists are extravagant in a way and um and you know up to this different standard of what it means to work with these people who are business owners, you know, um, and have a lot on their end too, like a lot at stake for them as well. So, um, yeah. Okay. So then before we go, Patricia, can you remind everyone how they can find you and do you have anything to share with our, our listeners? No, nothing to share. Um, I can be found, I can be found, um, 
looking at your comments on the the workroom podcast Instagram account. Yeah. So I've been I've been hanging out there and and really enjoying what people have been saying and writing and sharing. Um, uh, I've been very lazy on my own social media. Well, I've just been too busy, but. Um, I'm, I can be found in cyberspace at Sense Insight. That's Common Sense Optical Sight. S E N S E A N D S I G H T. Yay! Um, and and same. Um, I mean, I just want to share that I hope everyone is okay. Um, and if you're not, that's also okay. Like we're kind of all um, going through this collectively in um, our own ways. Um, but. Just would love to hear from everyone. Again, write into us at intheworkroom at gmail.com. And then you can find me on all of the social mediums at Ernez, H-E-R-N-E-A-S-E, and on my website, ErnezDavis.com. Um, of course, join us on Facebook. If you feel safe there, facebook.com forward slash the workroom and on Instagram at the workroom podcast. Um, um, and yeah, I guess in the meantime, um, stay safe, take care of yourselves and, and your loved ones. And we'll say goodbye. All right. Yes. Stay safe. Goodbye. Yeah, bye, y'all.